Yeah, so, so if Lewis and Clark and their expedition crew were to come into town right now and get on Yelp <laughs> and say, where can we eat? And they see Bulrushes <laughs> open, they're like, oh, Ozark cuisine. Well, I, I've been missing Ozark cuisine. I've been having cuisine of Montana and Oregon. <laughs> I want some good old home cooking. Um, what would that food look like now? And so I, we're exploring that, but we, we don't... Some people are just so good at conversation. You literally talk until one of your phones nearly dies. That's what happened with Rob Connolly a few weeks back. Food born of necessity. Um, yeah, I need to stop there. I'm at 2%. The Bullrush owner, who's famous for turning his foraged finds into fine dishes, the guy who's teaching St. Louisans that Ozark cuisine doesn't mean fried fish strips at Shady Gators, well, you might expect a highfalutin hipster who talks over your head and merely graces you with his presence. But as you've hopefully figured out by now, he's pretty much the exact opposite of that. We were set up to talk about changes in fine dining, the focus of a recent episode in which you did hear Rob talk about park and dines, and we wound up chatting about what a 2020-inspired foraged menu would look like. Of course, the always curious Chef Connolly had already been thinking about um, it. That's been the focus of our research lately because I think um, so much amazing food around the world is born of poverty. It's um, the food of the people, the food out of necessity, and every great cuisine in its evolution evolves that core basic survival food into something beautiful and, and delicious. And so that's kind of where we're focusing right now. Um, and so that's a long about answer to your question. I don't know yet because, uh, as you may remember, our research never ends. Today on Abbey Eats St. Louis, some of that research in real time. We're zooming in with Rob Connolly talking about getting back to basics, the extraterrestrial forces that might be causing all of this, his advice for those of us hitting the trails more this year, and the pop culture moment Rob's been living in, no, dominating for years. It's weird feeling like a rock star in the woods. Plus, we have a hot and fresh serving of food news and your weekend planner. How are you? I ask everybody, and I asked Rob the same question after we had established that he's gotten pretty good at the Zoom interview thing. We talked about the long game, how his research into what was happening in Asia at the beginning of the year helped him prepare mentally for what a COVID pandemic would mean, but how psychologically he just couldn't anticipate how many different changes that would mean, and psychedelically, how he might have this figured out. Here are the parts of our chat that I just wanted you guys to hear. And that's what we're seeing right now, starting in about August, which is how it was last year, too. Uh, things slow down. Well, throw a pandemic on to end of summer and people are just tired. And, you know, all the stress of the election mixed into this, you know, I'm, I'm uh, a wacko minded enough person. I'm like, I am the full moon and we just came out of uh, five planets in retrograde. And can we throw anything? Is that what's happening right now? Is that what's happening right now? Because I'm, everything is off right now. Yes. Yes. So not that I believe in such things, but I believe in such things enough to make my mind spin in that world where I, I believe it's five different plants in retrograde. And I think I read it was the first time in 200 or 2000 years for all this to happen. 
I'm used to mercury and retrograde. I know that's a thing, just like the ER docs do and, and police on the street know. I've never seen this five planets in retrograde, which, again, I don't believe in. That's, that, that's such crazy hullabaloo. Yet, but so is all of 2020. Yes. Yes. And so, so how am I doing? I don't know. I'm still alive. I'm still here talking to you. I'm still putting out food. Um, it's really... It's, it's tough emotionally, psychologically, it's tough. Um, yet financially, I look at the bank account and say, well, we're kind of hanging in there because we have these government loans and grants. And, um, and we have a landlord who's really amazing, who so far has been able to say, don't worry about it. We'll figure it out later. Later scares me, by the way. I mean, I, I think all chefs and restaurateurs are at that point where it's like, okay, even if we get through this, what does all this mean when people say we'll take care of it later? Um, that's just this stress in the back that I know at some point we're going to have to face. Um, but how am I doing? You know, I, I'm making this amazing bread right now for myself, and I'm teaching myself Szechuan cooking. And though, that and little discoveries, because I forage a couple times a week, and I Yesterday, I found this mother load of oyster mushrooms out in the woods. Uh, those are the things that keep me going. And so, I, you know, despite it all, I think I'm doing pretty good. The fact that you guys aren't just restaurateurs. You are also human beings living through this experience. And so it's like that's all weighing on you, too. And just the social moment we're in right now, of course, it's, it's confusing, confusing and weird. But one of the things that I know people have turned to a lot during pandemic times is the outdoors, spending more time outside. Rob, I went camping this year. Okay. Like in a tent, I slept in a tent. Um, so that's, that's a, not a new thing for me, but not something that I thought I would be doing this summer with my time. What do you think about the fact that more people are kind of doing a little bit more of what you're doing? They're not exactly foraging for food necessarily, but people are connecting with the outdoors during this season. Well, I, I appreciate them feeding the mosquitoes and chiggers. Maybe they're laying off <laughs> me because of that. I, I, I think I, I fed an entire family of mosquitoes the other night, by the way. So <laughs> I, I just, um, I, I think it's great that people are getting out there. I mean, I'm watching more and more people um, dabble in foraging, which I think is great. And even just the basic day hikes or sh short hikes. Um, I think it's great to see people out on the trails, in the woods, no matter what uh, level they're doing it at. Um, because Missouri has such an amazing conservation department. Uh, we have so much land and it, it goes back to the early days of the state um, because when the settlers came in, they pretty much decimated the, the, the wilderness here. And so the state came in and bought it out. The, the feds bought a lot of it out too and have managed it ever since. I don't think people realize how much land is public land and that's ours. That's ours to do with what we want. And um, there's so much beauty out there. And um, you know, when I hear people discover the woods, <laughs> that's, that's great. You know, I mean, how many of us were out in the woods as kids, but haven't been since and may not realize depending on what family we, we were raised in, uh, we may not realize how easy it is to access the beauty of nature. And, and right now, um, man, I look forward to getting out there and, and hiking 
and um, just enjoying nature. And even though more people are out, it sure seems quieter to me out in the woods uh, because there's just, so again, so much land. I can find places that no one else is going to be in. The, the place I went yesterday morning to forage, it was clear no one had been on there in weeks, if not months. The trails were all overgrown. Um, and it, it was just beautiful, you know, especially right now with the weather. People who, who might be listening who haven't done this yet, wow, now is the time to do it, right? I mean, it's so beautiful. Slightly overcast, 70 to 80 degrees. Um, there's still some bugs out there. Use your permethrin and, and deep woods off, but, uh, and, and long pants, of course. Yeah. Um, but, but what a chance to just shake off the stress that we're living in and, and the crazy drivers and, and some of the crime and violence. Just it's out in the woods. It's you, the birds, the, the squirrels. And uh, yesterday for me is all about the frogs jumping in front of my feet. It's just beautiful. So I'm glad you've gotten out there and hopefully other people will if they haven't already. Do you feel like even though you are dealing with in many ways the pressures of knowing that you have, you're going out there to support a restaurant, do you feel like the fact that you're able to do that by being in the woods and connecting with nature has kind of helped balance out or take some of the edge off a little bit? Yeah, I mean, that's how it's always been for me. It's one of the, the things I became aware of almost 15 years ago now when I started my first restaurant and made it into a forage food restaurant. Um, there's a reason why I don't buy forage. I mean, there's a couple of reasons. One, I, I trust myself more than anyone else when it comes to getting proper plants and identifying and stuff like that. Um, but the other thing is kitchen life is hard. You know, today I, I got in about eight. I'm going to leave at eight. So it's going to be a 12 hour day. That's an average day for me. We go up to 14 hours sometimes. And um, that's on my feet. And so to be out in the woods, which yes, it's on my feet, but it's moving is really good for my physical and mental health. Uh, it, it breaks up the environment. Uh, but really for me, it's physical because in a kitchen, you, you move, but it's not the same as walking, hiking. Uh, climbing up and down rocks. Um, yesterday, I shimmied a tree to get some oysters, uh, oyster mushrooms. And uh, so it, really? it, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always really been important for me to get out into the woods for that uh, break from the kitchen. Have you ever encountered maybe a family on their first hike or something while you're shimmying back down a tree and they wonder what the heck is going on? Yeah, people... Um, People see me walking around with my bags and my, my backpack, and they're always asking what I'm doing, what I have, <laughs> especially in my Well, knowing season. you, you probably love answering their questions, though. I do. Yeah, I do, because uh, it, it could introduce them <clears throat> to the experience themselves. And especially with mushrooms, it's, it's important for me to educate people from a good starting point, because a lot of times um, they'll hear... Now it's time to go gather chanterelle mushrooms. They were everywhere this year. What a year to learn how to mushroom because you will have success. But you need to understand the ethics and basics of identification and safety and that kind of thing. And, and so, yeah, I, I love it. Um, it. It's weird feeling like a rock star in the woods. Like they don't know who I am or all they know is this guy's coming out of the woods with a pocket knife in one hand and a bag of mushrooms in the other he could help us survive in the apocalypse. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, or in and 2020. So, <laughs> yeah, 
So who knew the apocalypse would look like this? Right. So, <laughs> I, I love it. Um, I, I just love seeing people be wowed and excited about something so mundane to me. I mean, it's my daily routine. It's, it's work for me in a fun way. Um, but it's stuff that I know 99% of people have never even done. Yeah, that's so cool. Have you heard of the term cottage core? No. So I've officially entered the phase of adulthood where I'm learning about pop culture, a pop culture phenomenon by listening to a story about it on NPR. <laughs> so apparently there's this whole movement and aesthetic amongst the Instagrammers and the TikTokers and the this, that, and the other thing where it's all about forestry and the woods and these kind of quaint activities and mushroom picking. And it's these young people in their late teens, early twenties explaining, you know, and sharing their knowledge of things that are kind of that cottage chic aesthetic. Well, well, have you, um, have you heard about tree bathing or forest bathing yet? No, there's no, there's not been an NPR story about that one yet. <laughs> there has. This oh. is how I learned about it. This was on, I don't know, uh, maybe Radio Lab. I think it was Radio Lab, and they just replayed it recently. So I had heard it twice now. And it's people who get re energized by walking through the woods, not in just like a, I'm going to get re energized by walking through the trees ooze and seep energy into them if they're open and communicate with the tree. Now, this is a little too hippy-dippy for me, getcha. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm known to touch a tree and thank it for its life. Not that I think the tree's listening or I, I, I don't go that far, but this whole idea of forest bathing or tree bathing, yeah, people think it's like going uh, through a pool or, or being uh, baptized in water, like a full immersion baptism, <laughs> but by the energy of the tree. I don't know. I'm hey, whatever. Who, that's exactly whatever makes things find that work. <laughs> I, I think the 2020 has also taught me that, that, you know what, if you're the type of person that wants to set up your Christmas tree in August, then go for it. I am no longer no. really stressed about that kind of thing. And joining me now from her home studio, fresh from her tree bathing experience across the great United States of America is producer Dory Almost. Dory, I've missed you over the past couple of weeks. Tell the fans what you've been up to. Oh, wow. So we, my husband and I went on a cross-country road trip. I think we went through eight different states out west, four national parks, so much tree bathing and connection <laughs> to the outdoors. I couldn't tell you how many different like nuts and berries I saw that I'm like, I wonder if I can eat that. I didn't, but I would have loved to have Rob with me to help direct me. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. Well, it's good to have you back, but I'm so glad you got to go do that. I mean, talking about things that people are doing this year that they might not have considered in the past. I know you and your husband are good at road tripping anyway, mm -hmm. but the opportunity to take this time and go do that. What was your favorite thing that you got oh. to see, do, experience? My goodness. Um, it was probably the hardest hike we did, but we went up to one of the, the delicate arch is called in Arches National Park. It's an iconic big red arch 
And the hike there was so hard, but the payoff was so worth it. It was just beautiful once you got up there. I thought I was going to have like heat stroke on the way up. It was so hot, like desert. But, you know, going through that, it just made it so much more rewarding. And I would say that was probably my best part. We did have some good food things, though, along the way, too, which we can get into a little bit later. Oh, my gosh. Well, again, glad to have you back. Glad you got to go do that. And just a reminder, it takes a hard hike sometimes to get to something (laughs) that's worth it. That's your inspirational moment of this podcast. Uh, We have some food news to catch you all up on. And Dory came back and hit the ground running with uh, gathering some important food news we want to let you all know about. Um, Starting with some good news, actually. some A lot of good news. Yeah, we have a lot of good news today. Starting with one of our pod fam favorites, Gorilla Street Food is now back open. So they've been closed for a couple weeks um, to kind of help revamp their menu and their business model, the Webster Groves location reopened, um, and they said that they really took a look at every single dish on the menu, and they're going to be focusing a little bit more on local ingredients. Um, in their Facebook post announcing all the changes, they said that they they knew that they grew too quickly, um, but they're working to win back everybody's trust now. I love that. And just going back to the basics that people knew and loved when it first, you know, started growing. So um, congratulations to them um, because, you know, they started as the food truck. And now the fact that they can get that food truck back up and going at Nine Mile Garden this weekend, um, that's awesome. That's exciting. And I'm gonna have to pay them a visit. Yep. Same here. I've been like dying to get back in there since they've been closed the past couple of weeks. Like, oh, they're closed. Now I like really, really want them. So isn't it exactly <laughs> there's something about that that makes you crave it. I totally know what you mean. Uh, kind of like I used to have this craving for the eggs Benedict at scape in the central West end, but then they closed. But luckily um, that beautiful patio and wonderful space there near the chase park Plaza hotel is going to be up in, in use again, pretty soon here too. Yes, we've got Adira, I believe is how it's pronounced. We're not quite sure yet. Since Adira? It's Adira, yeah. Adira. Um, it's an Italian eatery opening in that old scape spot. Um, it was supposed to open back in May, but because of COVID, obviously things got delayed a little bit. So for now, they're going to be offering a limited menu for curbside carryout and delivery. They also have some outdoor seating on that great patio. Um, and this is, it might be a little bit, of an escape feel because this new restaurant is in partnership with the Coppler family who previously owned escape. And it's also with Mike Randolph, who is a St. Louis chef celeb. Um, He's a guy who's behind half and half and original Jay's Tex-Mex. So could see some really good, exciting things in that spot. And he is um, very creative and always wanting to get his hands in different things. And Mm -hmm. with this, he's going to be, from what I understand, at least this was how it was planned to be the case um, with the original opening in the past this past spring kind of a uh, helping craft the menu helping um, you know lead the culinary direction if you will um, rather than just kind of being in the kitchen every day so it, that was r- the original plan um, but either way I mean having having a heavy hitter like that in your team is uh, hopefully it's gonna come out and start open up pretty strong and I'm excited to try it Yeah. Um, So out in Maplewood, we've got some more great news. Um, Bollyard's Meat and Provisions is expanding. Now they're moving out of their current space, but they're only going 
a block down Sutton and it's going to be three times the space in this new spot for them. They're going to have more room for a butcher shop and a seating area so people can actually watch the butchers do their thing. But this also means that they're going to have a full kitchen, expanding their quick service menu, adding more items, some grab and go meals. They'll also be offering brunch on the weekends and they'll be featuring more local seasonal produce. So a that's a lot of additions for this business down there in Maplewood. I am very excited for them. And I think that they are really seizing the moment here where, you know, the charcuterie board is very <laughs> on vogue right now. I mean, you have people like me who literally just go and eat prosciutto, like wrapped in a piece of cheese and call it, <laughs> call it good. You know, I mean, that's, that's lunch. <laughs> it is lunch. That was actually my snack that helped get me through watching the debate last week. Um, that and raw cookie dough. But anyway, anyway, um, yeah, I think that'll be awesome. And I'll, it's cool to see how that their what their brunch is going to look like as well. It's kind of a marketplace feel. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool little feel they got going there. For sure. And, you know, totally different type of vibe, but also still very much my vibe because we're talking about tacos. Yes, I'm so excited about this. We actually saw this when we were on the road last week. First ever St. Louis Taco Week is coming up. There are going to be about 15 restaurants participating, including your typical Mexican joints like Taco Service or Taco Circus and Mission Taco. But there's also going to be some others like Crispy Edge and the Blue Ducks. We can see some creative takes, some different flavors for our traditional tacos. Now, the deal is, is each spot is going to have a $5 taco special. These restaurants are expecting to sell out on a daily basis, so just be prepared for that. Yeah, and if Mission Taco has taught us anything, it's how creative you can get with what you shove in a taco shell, and it can be <laughs> so good. I'm really excited about this. I could – and. I think tacos, burgers I have a harder time with because even if burgers are a little different, um, they still tend to be a little heavier. But I think I could eat tacos every day for a week. Absolutely. I I might actually challenge myself to that. (laughs) Well, I had tacos for dinner last night. That's going to be my lunch today. I'm already like halfway there. There you go. So there's going to be some places where it's dine-in only, though. Uh, Keep that in mind. So check with each location. Uh, This is October 19th through 26th. And while the tacos might only be five bucks, make sure you tip well, uh, because it does take a team of people to make this happen. So make sure we're continuing to support the uh, hospitality staff that's making things like Taco Week happen. I love it. Yes. Um, And something else that we got looking forward to here um, in St. Louis County, the Greek Fest is still on St. Louis County Greek Fest. It's going to be a curbside festival this year at Assumption Greek Orthodox Church in town and country. This is happening next weekend, not this coming weekend, but next weekend. But you can start putting in your orders online beginning this coming Monday. And if it's anything like the St. Nicholas Greek festival, you're going to want to put those orders in because they started selling out. um, And I had some family who was trying to just satisfy their last minute Greek food fix or craving, and they weren't able to. So plan ahead on that one. Yeah, I think there's a reason why they're opening up reservations for food on Monday when it doesn't start until Friday. So put that on your calendar. So that's looking forward, but looking back 
backward here a bit. Dory, you teased us earlier by mentioning your good food you got on your uh, road trip. What's the best thing you had to eat this week? Well, it's hard to pick just one thing. And we tried to like pack our own food a lot. So there were a lot of PB&Js that we ate on the road, which were <laughs> great. But, you know, we, we did still have to sample a little bit of the local cuisine. I know I sent you a picture of this and it was so pretty. The huckleberry ice cream that we had in Yellowstone Park was so delicious. Um, I don't really know much about huckleberry, but it was like a big thing in Yellowstone. There's huckleberry vodka, which may or may not be sitting in my fridge right now. <laughs> and a bunch so you're of other- learning about huckleberry. <laughs> yes, we're, we're taking in this cuisine and this flavor, this new food. <laughs> um, so that's a great flavor out in Yellowstone. We also had, of course, bison burgers and a bison sirloin enjoyed that along or at a place um, along a river in Montana. It was gorgeous. And then one of my other favorites, not food, but more drinks. um, We had a ton of sour beers from a place called Shades Brewing in Salt Lake City. I love sour beers. I know you're not the biggest fan of them, but they have um, all these different flavors and like weird combinations, like a um, like Indian spices in these sour beers that it just works. It sounds weird, but it is really good. I want to like sour beers. So I love that you got to try, and I know they're kind of bigger in that part of the country. So that's cool that they, uh, are experimenting even with kind of an experimental beer in and of itself. Yes. And they were selling them by the can too. So we got like, I want to say like eight different flavors, just like one can each so that, and they're all sitting in our fridge still. We haven't touched them. We're kind of like saving them for a perfect time to give them all a try. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, Shades Brewing in Salt Lake City, shout out to them because I love what they're doing. And I'm so excited that we got to give them a try while we were out there. Ah, I just, I love that you not only got to enjoy all of this, but even your PB&Js, that being in such a beautiful <laughs> setting. Yes. And I, that's awesome. I love that. Uh, speaking of beautiful settings, my best thing was at Sanctuary, a wild tapas in the Grove. And they are called Sanctuary and they build themselves as truly a sanctuary in the city. And while patios um, are kind of the new, pa- the patio is the new indoor dining room for a lot of people. And I would recommend Sanctuarius because it really is a charming courtyard space. Don't wear high heels, ladies, because it's a little bit wonky to walk on, but <laughs> you don't feel like you're in the city. You don't feel like you're in the Grove. It's just like this big garden. And in the evening, it's really beautiful. And then you can get all sorts of different tapas. My two favorites were the bacon wrap dates, which are a must have at any tapas place for me. Oh, sweet, savory, delicious. And they also had something I I'll admit, I don't love the name of it, but it, is apt <laughs> the wicked good shrimp uh just it's, it kind of had this like creole thing going on with it but it was pretty good so uh and obviously sangria was good there too so that was my um not quite as outdoorsy as your story but it was Close. still nice <laughs> it was still nice still a good view right Exactly. So, of course, we want to make sure that while, you know, you get out there and do things in the world, you're keeping your distance, washing your hands. Um, But, you know, again, still getting out there while you can and supporting some different local businesses, as well as just uh, curing your cabin fever. So we have some weekend events we wanted to tell you guys about heading into the weekend of October 9th, 10th and 11th. 
Yeah, so a couple of ongoing things to remind you guys about. Nine Mile Garden is continuing their outdoor movies um, on their big screen all throughout October. Every week, it's a different sort of Halloween-themed movie. So this week's is Ghostbusters, the original one from 1984, I think it was. Um, that is playing at 7 p.m. Saturday. Um, and the Streetery is also continuing through October in the Central West End. Those are on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. And one other thing to let you guys know about that's been happening throughout October is the Herman Oktoberfest. Every weekend in October, this is the huge celebration in the towns of the town's German heritage. And reminder on them is that this is happening throughout the town. So it's not just one centralized location if you're kind of concerned about social distancing issues. I just bought a new fleece over the weekend because I said, you know, what, I'm going to be doing a lot more outdoor eating um, in the coming weeks. Mm -hmm. So pack your fleece for that. Um, and maybe pack your... I don't know, chain mail? What do you wear to a Renaissance festival? <laughs> if you want to head to your your ball gown, your, I don't know. Your sword, I don't know. Your, your sword, exactly, for the St. Louis Renaissance Festival. That's happening, uh, continuing this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and then the next Saturday and Sunday at Rotary Park in Wentzville. They have axe throwing. They have live music. They have comedy shows and glass blowing, of course, food that's always something uh that's fun to try there with the giant turkey legs is my favorite um uh, they also have fried strawberries which i've never tried i've and never tried that either yeah i will i would try that though it sounds kind of good and roasted corn um you know what like a renaissance festival what could be weirder or more 2020 than walking around a renaissance festival with like a surgical mask on your face i don't know <laughs> or you can wear a shield over your face maybe yeah, that's there it. you go <laughs> And then uh, at the zoo, they have Autumn with the Animals continuing this weekend. That is a free event, but you still, as a reminder, need a time ticket reservation to head to the zoo for that. And starting this Friday, another family-friendly, kid-centric event happening at Union Station. They're doing their Halloween experience. I know they said this is kid-centric, but I think this sounds really cool. They're having a walking journey through the railroad terminals stationary road car so each rail car has a different sort of spooky theme to it and as kids go through this little journey they collect clues and they can solve the riddle of the werewolf Ooh. cute i like that music yeah um tickets are needed for this and masks are required and this is continuing through halloween very cool. Getting to check out Union Station if you haven't been down there in a while. Yep. Fall Harvest Festival begins this Saturday in St. Charles County. Uh, it's at the Educational Agriculture Area in Rommelsick Park, also in Wentzville. They're going to be having hands-on crafts, historic sorghum press uh, that people can use to make molasses, which reminds me of our very first conversation with mm -hmm. Rob Connolly. He was talking about how he was searching for good sorghum all over yep. the state of Missouri it's amazing all the different things that are left on the, the parts of the conversation that are left on the cutting room floor. And I'm glad we were able to uh, revive parts of it for today's episode also <laughs> with Rob Connolly. Anyway, um, you can also head to a corn maze, which is a seasonal essential. Uh, this is a free event, but there are costs for some activities. So check in with them and let us know what you guys wind up getting into this weekend. Dory, are you going to do like some traveling or just kind of hang out this weekend after? Oh, I think I am traveled out for a little bit um hanging at home on my awesome back patio i think sounds just fine with my dog too so all right i'll be there sounds good 
<laughs> um, we do have a, we get a lot of Instagram messages. And um, I just wanted to point out one that we got from a woman named Alexis. She said she recently discovered our podcast and she's loving it. She said, I heard your episode um, with Andy and reached out about our, she works, sorry, she works with J.R. Cabasso's pizza company. And she wanted to know how she could kind of get their pizza kits on Schnook's store. So she heard our episode with Schnook's about getting the locally owned businesses on store shelves there. And she said, after listening to our episode, that helped get them into Schnook's. So it's, that's a cool little tie-in. And I'm glad, so glad we can help spread the word and help local businesses. I love it. That's awesome. Congratulations to them. And I'm glad our podcast could be part of that. Yeah. Very cool moment. Ooh la la. Abby Eats St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I am Abby Larico. And I'm Dory Olmos. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. And leave us some comments. We love those. Leave us a rating and a review. And if you want to slip into our DMs and tell us how we've changed your life, we're at Abby Eats St. Louis. Make sure you have a bottle of hand sanitizer and your mask with you and go have a great weekend and seize the plate.